Hello, Michelle Laurie here. It's no secret that Australia's property market is out of control these days, but I, for one, can't seem to stop following along. I've become a bit obsessed with it, to be honest. What's up, what's down, and who on earth is paying those prices for those houses? So I want to personally recommend a podcast for you. It's called Real Property. It'll keep you across the latest information on the Australian property market in a clear and easy-to-digest way. Real Property, building a community of more informed property buyers. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The producers of this podcast recognize the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. I remember quite vividly having a conversation with one of my mentors sort of right as I was getting diagnosed with depression where I just could not stop crying. And I said to her, you know, and this I think was reflective of my mindset at the time, I can't believe I'm not strong enough to just be able to push through while tears are sort of pouring down my face. And she said to me, I'm going to stop you right there. I'll never forget this in her office. She said, my dad was a general in the British military. He served in two wars. He commanded an army of people and he could cry at the drop of a hat. He is the strongest man I know. Don't you ever for a second associate the idea of being emotional with being weak. Holly Ransom. She's one of those people who talks about leadership. To be honest, I've always thought there seemed to be more of them than there could possibly be people to follow them. However, I do think Holly's message is different. Less about conquering and dominating. Dare I say it's less masculine? I'm Michelle Laurie and this is Calm Your Farm. Tips and tricks for taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus. Holly Ransom's book is called The Leading Edge. Dream big, spark change, and become the leader the world needs you to be. But it's when she starts talking about being the leader my street needs me to be that Holly reduces me to tears. For me, I mean, a big part of it and the the reason I I wrote my book recently is really wanting to democratise access to leadership development. I fundamentally believe each and every one of us is a leader and needs to not only own that word but own the responsibility that comes with it and challenge this notion that leadership is just about the people that run a Fortune 500 company or, you know, head a country or something like that. Don't get me wrong, we need more diversity in what that leadership is to begin with, but we need the idea that we're leaders in our family, we're leaders in our street, we're leaders in our community, we're leaders in our team, we're leaders in the dynamic and relationships we've got with other people. 
for me, it's a want to change the conversation around leadership and to give people the tools and access to those tools because most of them are behind paywalls or network walls that make them really hard to grab. If you haven't got 20 grand in five weeks to go off to France and do something at INSEAD or you know go to this program or that program, then most of this stuff's pretty hard to grab and it shouldn't be. We need more people able to not only see themselves a leader, but, but make that contribution. I mean, I think the thing when it comes to like leading in your street in Altona is, is what's the change that you want to see? I mean, thinking about it from a COVID lockdown standpoint, it might be that you want to see a little bit more joy in people's day. As you can just think about it at a simple level, how might you spark joy? I and mean, we've got this hilarious house down the street where these small kids um, have, and they're probably oh, six or eight, they've created a sign out the front saying, silly walks only, $1 fine otherwise. And it's hilarious. It's, it's the most active part of our whole community. It always has a gathering of people, you know, all wearing masks and being appropriate, but kind of stopping and engaging and laughing. And it creates these, these moments of joy that I think we don't have enough of. And I think that's leadership. I think that's awesome. I think there was a reset moment. Like I'd always been really interested in, in kind of leadership. And I think the way I got taught leadership is it's a lot to do with achievement and quantity and outcomes and performance. And that's great till it's not. That is a type of leadership and a model of thinking that I just do not think is match fit for 2021 and beyond. And so I was really great, typical A-type, you know, the 24 hours a day was a challenge for how many things can I put in those 24 hours? And that was what success looked like. And then I hit a freaking massive wall and it all came crumbling down and I was diagnosed with depression and I had to rebuild everything from the ground up. It was the hardest thing that ever happened to me, but it was also the best thing that ever happened to me, as strange as that might be to, uh, to say, because it really clearly identified to me that I was living and leading unsustainably. And there were some fundamental things I needed to reset, and that was the people and things I was giving my time and energy over to. It was my relationship with vulnerability, which really was not a word I understood and in fact flat out resisted. It wasn't one I grew up with in my household and I, I was very uncomfortable about that. It was sort of a household where you just, you didn't show emotion, you know, you just kind of, you got on and you did it and, and there was never really a discussion or emotional literacy. There was not much demonstration of that and so it was something I just, I felt was shameful. I had to reset and change my relationship. And I think while I'd done a lot of work outwardly, like I knew all the goal setting stuff, I knew all the time management stuff, I really hadn't done the deep introspective work. And I think that's the harder stuff. That's the holding the mirror up and that's working out, you know, what we're about and what our true, and sometimes it's not just those, those challenge points, right? It's actually being prepared to say our dreams out loud and really go, this is what I want in the world. And I'm gonna be vulnerable enough to own that and put it out there and see if I can make it happen. So. That was a total tipping point in that regard. And I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for the reset and everything that changed off the back of that. Oh, a hell of a lot of self-work. My God, there's not a self-help book or program or anything I haven't tried. Like, I think it's one of those things and I'm a fundamental believer there is no destination on this stuff. It is a continuous journey. And I don't think there's more noble a pursuit than the idea of kind of chasing after being a, a better version of ourselves, you know, for, for us, for others, for the world.
I think I'm one of those people who uh, always uh, tries to chunk down the really big things into the, okay, what do I do today? How do I take one step today? How do I move the ball a little bit? I, I think I just have this fundamental belief that we over-index in the search for kind of silver bullets and single-ditch efforts that, you know, we think will achieve a disproportionate level of result and progress for us. And I'm just fundamentally of the belief it's those small things we do consistently that make the difference, better and worse for that matter. And so I try and always focus on what are the things I'm compounding? What's the smallest thing I can break it down into so I can start? Because I think momentum's our best friend. It's important that we don't um, just do these things for ourselves so that when we do it, we create conversation around it. So talk about the fact you're creating time for mindfulness. Talk about the fact you took a break at three o'clock or turned your meeting on Zoom into a walking meeting and the reasons that you did that. So we start making it okay to actually talk about wellbeing to begin with, to talk about our mental health, and then to actually understand that that comes with strategies, the need to actually do something about our mental health. So I think there's still this despite the conversation, despite the raised profile, arguably, of mental health since the COVID pandemic hit, I still don't think there's a true comfort with having a conversation around it. I think one of the roles all of us can play as leaders is in what we can in our sphere of influence, in our circle of friends, in our colleagues, you name it, is creating a safer space to have that conversation. I interviewed um, this former CEO of Beyond Blue and Lifeline last year early in the pandemic and was really interested to kind of talk to her about like what do you observe about kind of coping strategies and one of the things she said to me that really stuck was that most people and this is certainly uh, something I resonated with design around a, a single coping strategy and she made the observation also that a lot of us have had that taken from us uh, during the pandemic. So whether it was catching up with her coffee with friends or whether it was a routine that we had on the way to work or, you know, an exercise class that we went to every Saturday, a lot of that's gone. And so she said, the way I want you to think about your mental health, no engineer would design a building with a single beam, you know, a single point of failure, disaster. How do we actually think about a multiple support strategy? And, and the way she encouraged me to visualize it was this idea of imagine someone you care about, imagine putting their hand in your hand. That idea of wrapping five fingers around someone's hand as a sign of you're taking care of them, you've got them. So you need to think about sort of five support strategies for yourself. So things like, you know, how are you um, taking breaks, you know, and how are you inserting mini breaks into the day? How are you doing something for your mindfulness, even if it's, you know, a three minute meditation, if it's a, a simple online yoga, if it's five breaths at the end of a meeting to ground yourself again, how are you getting some kind of escapism? You know, is it chuck? A, a dance song on and dancing around your land room like a crazy person is it listening to poetry is it doing whatever some exercise and then some kind of kindness or gratitude practice because that can't exist with a negative mental state and so if we can think about the idea that we've got multiple sources of support that we know we can call on at any moment because one may not work in the moment we actually might need three and four in combination or number five might work repeatedly for two weeks and then all of a sudden it stops working for us in that moment. Um, I, I found that um, to be a profoundly transformative exercise. For more tips on taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus, including recipes for relaxing body products you can make at home, things to read and watch instead of scrolling through your phone, cheap, cheerful and calming gift ideas, go to calmyourfarm.com au. We'd love to hear your ideas too. This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the Acast Creator Network.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.